You're listening to the MaritimeGardening.com podcast, episode four. Hey, welcome to episode four of the Maritime Gardening Podcast, and today we're going to be talking about all the benefits of good mulch, what kinds are available, and the advantages and disadvantages, as well as all about weed control. How's it going now, Greg? It's going great. Excellent. Things are getting warm. we got a warm weekend coming up. Things are going to grow. Yeah, long weekend, and it's supposed to be 25 degrees here and. Nova Scotia, I guess, on Saturday. Sunday sounds like a different story, down to 13 again, but that's that's the way it goes here. Yes. So let's dive into mulch. All right. Well, I'm going to start off with uh, a bit of a story, how I sort of I stumbled upon mulching. Okay. And this was long before I was aware of the term permaculture or the concept of permaculture. It, it's funny. Permaculture is... a uh, it's been around since the 70s, but if you type it in Microsoft Word or Google, it, it tells you you're spelling it wrong. It's been around <laughs> since the 70s, but it's still a spelling error if you type that word. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, email has been around since like the late 80s, and that's a word now. Yes. Now, it goes to show, it's, it's baffling to me that such a great approach to gardening, which you can adapt to any scale, is still not really taken off. Hmm. Probably because you don't need to spend a lot of money to do it, so there's less money to be made off the gardeners. That's probably it. So, here's the story. Uh, I used to live in Wolfville. It's a great place to grow things, uh, valley conditions. And one great thing they have there is this place where you can go on the weekends and you can dump all your branches and leaves and any sort of yard waste you might have. You can dump that there. And they also have piles of tub ground mulch. So they take all that stuff that you dumped and they load it into a tub grinder somewhere. And a tub grinder is this big machine that just grinds everything up, breaks it all up. And then they dump it back in that enclosure. And so you can go there and take as much as you want for free. All you got to do is tell them you live in Wolfville. Really? That's the, the process. Like, what street do you live on? Uh, <laughs> you know, as long as you know the name of I mean, I, I was legitimately using the service. I did live in Wolfville. But, yeah, the process for uh, proving you lived in Wolfville was, you know, giving them an address. Pretty lax. <laughs> Pretty lax. Because, yeah. I mean, it, it is, way, you know, it's, right. it's just stuff they're giving. Uh, anyway, they had that stuff there, this sort of black wood chippy stuff. And I remember I was sitting there, and there was these two sort of older hippie types, and they said, oh, this is the black gold. This is the black gold. And I was just getting it to put on my rose gardens, you mm -hmm. know. So, you know, I got a bunch, and I had a Hyundai accent back then, so it was a very uh, creative process to get it in. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, but you can do it. You just get some big buckets, those storage containers. That seemed to be the cleanest way for me. Or a tarp or something. A tarp you could <laughs> use, too. So... I got a bunch of that and I put it all over my rose gardens and, and they seemed to do well. And I also had a vegetable garden. And that year I had some extra tomato plants. I had too many sort of, you know, I spaced them out in the garden and there just wasn't room for all of them. I had like one or two left over. So I just jammed them in next to the roses in that rose garden. Mm -hmm. Rose gardens got this mulch. The vegetable garden, no mulch because I was still doing it the conventional way, the way I was taught, the way I'd seen, the way everyone else does it. Right. And... I was sort of baffled because the tomatoes that grew in the rose garden grew faster, they grew bigger, they were better in every single way. So the following year, I got a whole bunch of that mulch 
and I put it in my garden. But I, I tilled it all in. I mixed it all in with the garden. And you uh, talk about that later. But you do not mix. You don't till mulch in. You don't mix it in. That's the worst thing. It's very beneficial if it's on top. Yeah. And if you mix it in, it pulls all the nitrogen out of your soil, and it's not good. So right. that year wasn't so good. But then every year after that, the soil got better and better and better. So it was a learning experience. But even then, I still didn't really. I didn't start mulching my garden. It took me a number of years. But I, in various exercises I had to use to mulch, but just sort of by accident, you know, and things would work really well. And I never made the connection because I don't know what it is about people. And I'm one of them. You tend to just think you're right about everything and you do things the way you're used to. And yeah, well, that's what's com- most comfortable and easiest. That's right. Yeah. And I mean, it's, it's the way everybody's doing it. So it's got to be the right way. You don't rethink it. Right. 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 And then yeah. I watched a, a documentary, um, about five or six years ago, and they were talking about this permaculture thing, and I was thinking back, that's exactly what happened in, with the tomato. Mm. It was, I had it right, there was right in front of me, and I couldn't recognize what a right. great way to, you know, so I, I changed everything at that point, and everything's been very good ever since. Yeah. So, let's think about conventional gardening. You've got spring comes, you rent a rototiller, you till the whole thing up, you plant your seeds, you water them, the seeds come up, and a billion weeds come up with your seeds because every weed seed that blew into that soil, it's all in there. So by tilling it, you're just helping those weed seeds get going as well. Mix them around. And then you've got to keep watering it because you've got bare soil. If you don't water it, the soil cracks open. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the end of the season, it's hard and compacted. Um, if you're trying to pick carrots or t- potatoes or something like that, you've got to use a pitchfork or something to get them out because they're in there and they won't come out. The soil's not loose and soft. Yeah. So, I mean, that's the way people do it, and, and you can have success that way. But let's contrast with that uh, permaculture garden, which is all about the mulch. You know, whatever you're growing, you're going to put a couple inches of some kind of mulch everywhere around the plant. And once the plant's about four inches high, you move that mulch right up to the plant as well. And it's going to do a number of things for you. Mulch is going to ensure constant moisture. Every time it rains, instead of the rain hammering on your soil and pooling and running all over the place and maybe even moving your your seeds around, uh, it's going to hit the the mulch and it's going to just trickle through. So it's going to hit the soil. When when the water hits the soil, it's going to not have nearly that kind of force. Mm -hmm. Soil compaction is really, unless you're walking on your soil and if you've got defined beds, you shouldn't ever walk on your soil. If you're not walking on your soil, it's going to get compacted anyway because that rain is like a giant jackhammer. Just every time it rains, it's pushing and pushing and pushing and hitting. Right. But when there's a mulch down, it just gently hits this soft mulch. The mulch swells up with all that moisture and the water slowly trickles through to your soil. And long after it has stopped raining, your mulch is still letting water just through gravity go into that soil. Nice. So that's, you've got constant moisture. Also, as the water's going through, it's taking various nutrients out of that mulch and bringing it in your soil. So mm-hmm. there's a little bit of added bonus in fertilization there Right. with the mulch. Every time it weeds, that's the other beauty thing of the mulch. The top couple inches of the mulch is usually bone dry. It dries out really quickly because it's exposed to the sun. So you have a weed seed come along and it's going to land on that mulch. That top part of the mulch, it doesn't have a lot of nutrition. You, you really wouldn't want to grow too many things in and it's not, you know, it's not rich soil. It's just 
you know, ground up fibrous stuff. Mm -hmm. So a weed seed lands on it. It's baking in the sun. Whenever it rains, the water goes through the mulch quickly and the top stays dry so the seed doesn't germinate. So it keeps your weeds under control. Yeah. Underneath the mulch, you've got this great thing going on because the worms are happy. You know, if, if your soil is the way you need it, you move that mulch back, there should be worms right between the layer of the soil and the mulch. They'll be right there. And they're, bas- they're basically taking little bits of mulch that are in contact with the soil that are slowly, that mulch is always breaking down. Yeah. It's almost like turning your garden into a giant compost bin. Right. Except it's not covered in banana peels, and <laughs> pork chop bones and stuff. It's, it's covered in, you know, uh, it's covered in organic material. So right. everything that wants organic material that, that doesn't eat plants, but it eats breaking down material, it's all there just having a party, yeah. breaking it up, taking it back down into the soil, moving it around, tilling your soil for you. So that's the other benefit of it. You don't have a compaction problem. You get the compost tea that comes out of the mulch, but also the worms and all those other things, they're making their own manures, which are fantastic manures. And because they're moving around in your soil, they're tilling your soil. You don't have to till that garden. I don't till my gardens. Interesting. It's all not- I do, you know, in the spring when I want to plant, I just move the mulch out of the way, find the good soil, put my seeds in there. And once the seeds are up, I, I just push the mulch back against the stems of the seeds and, and we're done. Mm. And another benefit is that when you're not tilling your soil all the time, uh, this beneficial fungus will start to, it'll just appear. It'll appear in your soil. It's called uh, mycorrhiza. And it's just this fungus that forms symbiotic relationship with the roots of your plants and enables a lot of your plants to gather even more nutrients. It's Mm. like an enabler. It, It somehow enables the plant to get more out of the soil. It's just this fungus that grows in the subterranean environment. So it's nothing you can see. Yeah, you can see it. Oh, you can. Yeah. Yeah, we actually found a picture of it. So you can check the show notes and uh, and find the picture of it there. Great. So this mulch kind of sounds like a no-brainer. It almost sounds so simple it's stupid kind of thing. Well, some people think that, uh, especially like a wood chip mulch, that, well, if you put that, it's going to rob your soil of nitrogen. And that is true if you, most of the mulches, they're going to have a, you want a mulch that's got a combination of of carbon and nitrogen sources. So you want it to have some green and some brown in it. Um, But even then, it's not fully broken down. It's not fertile soil. It's it's something that will become fertile soil over time after it's broken down and gone through worms and other small creatures. Right. So if you till that into your soil it will take up a lot of the nitrogen that's in the soil because it's mm-hmm. going to use that nitrogen to, to become broken. I mean, it's not consciously doing this. It's just what happens. It, yeah. it, the nitrogen somehow finds its way into all of that carbon material, and it gets tied up in there. and It'll come back out eventually, but you need it now. Yeah. So that's why you, you put the mulch on top. And, right. that way, and you don't plant in the mulch. You plant in the soil, which is beneath the, the mulch. So you've got layers just like, as I've said before, just like in a forest, if you go in a forest, you're going to see the forest floor is covered in needles and leaves and twigs and stuff like that. And you scrape back a little bit. I don't care how hot a day it is or how hot it's been for how long. If you go in the forest and push back some of the dry leaves and stuff that's on the ground, you're going to find moist earth up right, there. Right, right. Yeah. two down. Yeah, for sure. Whereas if you had a box garden that was just full of gardening soil that you bought at a gardening center and you had no mulch, and it was two weeks without raining, it's going to be dry. You know, yeah. own dry in there. 
So uh, to to clarify, you you when you put the mulch down, the the seed is the seed has just been planted and it'll come up through, or you leave a little opening in the mulch for the seed to come up through. How's that work? Depends on the seed. So some seeds like beans and peas, they'll go through. It's it's really like the, the general rule I use is if it's a really teeny tiny seed, I don't know if it's got the strength to push that mulch out of the way. Right. Uh, I've seen it happen, but you know, if you're wrong, you just lost two right. weeks waiting for, you know, yeah. so really tiny seeds. I'll, I'll make just a little strip. What I'll normally do is I'll push the mulch back about, let's say I'll make a three inch, you know, sort of line through the mulch. Yeah. And I'll make a tiny furrow in the soil. I'll drop my seeds in, and then I'll put some really good compost soil on top of those seeds oh, okay. just to sort gotcha. of give them a little help. Gotcha. And I'll pat that down yeah. and, and water it. And then once the seeds are of a height where I can start moving the mulch back in, I'll do it. Okay. Uh, but if I'm planting a, a pea or a bean or like a, a pumpkin, any big seed that's going to have a big thing coming out, uh, unless you've got really, really heavy mulch, like really, really big, thick hunks yeah. of wood. But you don't want that. You want no. stuff that's a mixture of things. And uh, it's going to, you know, any any big seed, in my experience anyway, is going to push that out of the way. Gotcha. I just jam my peas in there. When I'm planting peas, I just jam my fingers in and then smooth the mulch over top. And then in a week or so, they're up. Cool. So I guess that brings us to the different kinds of mulch. Yeah. Uh, so... I'm going to list a few things here. I'm sure there's other uh, options. There's, it's really anything that's organic in nature that you have at your disposal. Ideally, something that's not inundated with weed seeds. Ideally, something that the closest, cheapest thing to you is the best mulch for you. Right. Um, I mean, that said, if you, you can get really good tub ground mulch at a, uh, a landscaping uh, supply place uh, for a pretty good price. But that, it's all a, that's all a question of you and, and your resources and so on. Mm-hmm. So, you know, straw can be a very good one because straw doesn't tend to have a lot of seeds in it. Right. I like straw. It seems to break down really well. It just works really well. Okay. Uh, hay is the cheap version, the poor man's straw. <laughs> yes. You can usually get hay for nothing because uh, you can go to a stable and just pick it up there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wouldn't want to sleep in that hay. Right. Uh, it's been, yeah. it's been, uh, you know, it's been well, through some stuff. Yeah. It's, it's had some experiences. So, uh, but I mean, it's, it works great. You put that on your garden. It's actually, you know, in a lot of ways, if it's stable hay, it's got more nutrients in yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so it's, it's going to break down faster and it's going to fertilize your, your garden really, really well. Unfortunately, it's going to have a billion seeds in it. So, right. You put hay down, and I use hay. I don't use. I'm not going to dry. I got to dry. I'm not going to drive all the way to uh, the only place I know to buy bales of straws. You know, way out in Coldbrook. I'm not going to drive mm-hmm. an hour there and an hour back to get a forty dollar bale or twenty dollar bale of straw. Mm-hmm. So I just use hay from a stable, and you know, when weeds come up, I just pull them. Okay, that's the other benefit of mulched soil. When you get weeds, they pull out. They don't break oh, off. Right. Yeah. Because it's the soil is never compacted. It's always soft. So you just, you know, grab the, the weed lower in the stem gotcha. and the whole root system will come out of your weed. Yeah. So it makes weeding, you're always going to have some kind of weed. I mean, we're going to talk about weeds here today, but yep. there's always going to be, I mean, you don't, you can't control nature, right? right so right. it's a question of just keeping them under control. But when you do get weeds, um, they're way easier to pull out because you get the whole root system, they don't break off and it's nice. 
So we got straw, we got hay. Uh, tub ground mulch is great if uh, you can get it. Uh, place I get it um, for jobs I'm doing, it's forty dollars a cubic yard, mm-hmm. and it's good stuff because it's it's all the stuff the tree services take in there. So it's branches, bark, leaves, everything. Right. right. So. And you'll notice, like when they go in there with the tractor and lift up a bucket full, the steam comes out of the pile like you wouldn't believe right. because it's full of. It's not just carbon; it's nitrogen. That's why it's so much so important to use that kind, not the stuff you might use in your rose garden, mm. which is that stuff that comes in a bag that's been dyed. That's just chipped up wood. Yeah. It's just wood. It's just carbon, which will break down, but it breaks down very slowly, and it doesn't mm. have a lot to give your soil. Right. Um, that's why it's so. And I would recommend for your rose gardens and all that sort of stuff, get that tub ground natural mulch. It's going to feed your garden. You're going to have better, even if you don't have a vegetable garden, it's going to, you're going to have better roses. You're going to have better mm-hmm. Asiatic lilies. Whatever you're trying to grow, it's going to do a better job because it's a fertilizer source as well. Yeah. Wood, wood chips, you know, if, if there's a, an arborist chipping up a tree, that stuff works. Ideally, it's a tree that's got bark and you know, a lot of that more sort of green material. The more green, the better combination of green and brown you can have, um, that's more ideal because you're creating a sort of comp- a perpetually composting situation mm-hmm. on top of your soil. And mm-hmm. that's what you want. That's how this whole thing works. Yeah. Uh, another uh, grass clippings, if you mow your lawn, I, generally speaking, I don't recommend you using a bag when you mow your lawn. You should just let the grass go right back on the soil. But sometimes you let it go a bit too long and your, your lawn's just way too long and you've got to put the bag on. So that's a mulch. The okay. uh, thing about using grass clippings as a mulch is that it tends to get kind of slimy. It can, a good mulch is going to keep the sun off your soil. It's going to let the water through but keep the soil from drying out. But it's also going to have air in it because mm. you're pushing it right up against the stems of your plants. Yeah. And you don't want them to get rotted out. Mm. So you want a, a mulch that's going to have an air component in it. And so dry, uh, dry gl- grass clippings? Well, it's going to get wet because it's going to get rained. Yeah. Right? So if you're going to use grass clippings, and you know, don't do this if your lawn has 10 million dandelions and uh, clover right. flowers. Yeah. You know, if it's My, full of flowers, don't use it. The clippings that I would have got last night, no. Yeah, yeah. I and mean, throw that in your compost bin. Right, that's where but, it went. Yeah. yeah, don't throw it on top of your garden. You're, yeah. gonna, you're just asking for it. Yeah. But only put like a, a thinner layer, like an inch. Don't put two or three inches of that because it's going to create this slimy anaerobic type situation okay. and, which may harm your, the stems of your plants. Okay. Uh, another thing you can use is, is weeds. I mean, last year I had uh, a small plot. You know, I have a large gardening space, but I have different things. I'm always doing different experiments, and I planted some potatoes. And there was an area of my garden. I have a large garden area, and when I first colonized that area, it was, it was just wild weeds, you know, every kind of weed you can imagine, invincible weeds. Yeah. And I just covered the whole thing in cardboard and covered it with wood chips, and that weed just disappeared. But there was one area, an area about the size, a 10 by 10 area one day where – I had mulch. I wanted it out of my driveway, and I didn't feel like going to get cardboard and putting it down and fighting with it in the wind and all that stuff. So I just threw the mulch over the the weeds. Yeah. And of course, all that mulch did was fertilize the weeds, and I had the most extraordinary weeds ever. So I had this patch of area with all these weeds. So every time I go in the garden, I just chip away at it and pull them. 
And every time I pulled the weed out, it would have all this, uh, you know, stuff on it. So I, I just made a pile of pulled weeds. And then one day I just said, well, I stick some potatoes underneath that pile of pulled weeds. Yeah. Um, so that's all I did. And uh, <laughs> I grew some great potatoes there. Nice. So the, weed, the weeds, you know, as long as there's no flowers on the weeds. Right. Um, you know, even weeds can be a mulch. I mean, think about it. Those weeds, often they have really deep roots. Weeds are just like, they're very successful plants. They can mm-hmm. grow where other things can't grow. And the weeds go down very, the, the, the roots go down very aggressively. And what do they do? They gather nutrients out of the soil that's there. Yep. So really the weeds, uh, kind of a helper. Mm. Um, so it makes a great mulch because if you just throw that on top of your garden, um, the roots are going to dry out and the weed's going to die. And it's yeah. just going to be a mulch. Okay, and it'll break down over time. So, the best sources are those that have the basic components in them to break down and become excellent soil, a good carbon nitrogen mix. Uh, even rocks can be a, a kind of mulch, although they're not really breaking down. Right. Uh, but if you had a patch of bare earth, and let's say you just left it wild, mm-hmm. and in one area on that patch of bare earth, you just dumped a bunch of small rocks. Yeah. I guarantee you the weeds would start growing where the small rocks are first. Yeah, because there's moisture around it. Exactly. Yeah. Um, And there's also, it's probably going to have a slightly higher mineral content just from the rocks being there. They're going to leach minerals in the soil. Right. Um, And you'll notice, when you were a kid, you would go looking for uh, bug, you know, salamanders and worms and stuff like that. Or even if you're fishing and you're running a bait, you start turning over rocks. Why are they under the rocks? Because it's never, ever, ever dry underneath a rock. Yep. Um, so if you have a, you know, certain kinds of garden, maybe an herb garden, you know, rocks can be used just like my, <laughs> my sand herb garden. Mm-hmm. That's basically a rock mulch. Sands are, sand yeah. is rocks. It's just yeah, very it. tiny rocks. Uh, so there's not a lot of, and that's, I guess, one uh, thing I should say, cause I talked about that in the first episode, uh, with that garden, because there's just sand on top, there's no perpetual fertilization there. So right. what I do to fertilize those plants, and I don't do it very often, I might do it twice a year, is I just get an onion bag and I fill it full of horse manure and I throw it in a five-gallon bucket and I fill the bucket up and I leave it overnight. Hmm. And So I'm making like a poop tea. Yeah. <laughs> and then I strain that through a dollar store spaghetti strainer to get the whatever seeds might have come out. And I just pour that over that sand where the plants are. And all that's going to go right through the sand because sand doesn't hold any water. And it's going to sit down at the soil level, which is beneath the sand. Right. Um, and you're putting a lot. I mean, you're basically putting everything that was in that yeah. in that manure into under the ground. So it seems to work fine. Nice. Um, so, I, you know, I, I wouldn't recommend doing that for a large garden because that's, yeah. you know, you want the garden to take care of itself. Uh, I just did it that way in my driveway because it looks cool. Yeah. And it's totally... It's completely maintenance-free other than doing that twice a year, which yeah. isn't a big deal. No. Last thing we're going to talk about, weed control. Now, first thing I want to talk about is this stuff that everybody uses called landscaping fabric. This plastic perforated yep. stuff. Uh, it's, it's basically a garbage bag with a lot of holes in it. I can tell you, I don't know that I've ever seen a garden that was made with landscaping fabric that didn't have weeds. They always... The weeds always find their way in. Mm. I don't know how many properties I've been on where, oh, my God, we've got this weed problem. We put the landscaping fabric down, but the weeds are just in there. Right. And you can drive around next time you're in your car, listeners out there. Just, you know, I was just at a, I was going through a Burger King drive-thru. Yeah. <laughs> and they had this little garden next to the Burger King. 
and there's all this landscaping fabric sticking out of out from underneath the mulch. I don't know why the mulch seems to want to run away from it. Yeah. <laughs> what are you what are you doing? So there's all this landscaping fabric sticking out of the mulch. There's weeds all over the place, and the mulch is the the landscaping fabric is just waving, flapping around. It's almost like it's trying to tell everyone, hey. Look, this does not work. This is no good. This does nothing. <laughs> not only that, but when you go to pull the weeds out, you'll find that they've rooted right into that stuff. Mm. So you're trying to pull a weed, but it's connected to like a four by six sheet of it's weird. landscaping fabric. It's very weak. Yeah. But if you're trying to pull a weed out of it, it's the strongest thing in the world. <laughs> or, or you're trying yeah. to put a shovel through it. It won't go through. Yeah. It'd make probably a great armor. So so what's what's the logic what was the logic behind it originally that it would actually uh serve as a you know some a good kind of barrier to create moisture or what I think the logic was hey I bet gardeners will buy this garbage uh, There you go and they do and they do Cuz I mean yeah. the idea was it's perforated so water can go through it Yeah but it's perforated enough that most roots will – I mean I was just in a property the other day and I had to pull all the tulips out of this lady's garden because the tulips – whoever had been there the, the previous year, they put the landscaping fabric over the tulip bulbs, mm. okay? Yeah. But the tulips came right through it. Yeah. I can't get a shovel through it. <laughs> tulips came through it no problem yeah all the tulip bulbs were underneath the landscaping fabric yeah and i'm not saying it came through like a you know a seam where two of them met up it came right through the best part of it okay you know, most, you know the, the most best uh integrity highest integrity point cool it went through no problem and then every other weed was through it there was colt's foot growing all through which is a very bad weed yeah there's a lot of weeds in there and what's the better solution this is just my experience yeah. If you're claiming new ground and you're going to be adding soil and building up, the simplest, cheapest, easy thing you can do is put down cardboard. Okay. Put down cardboard. The thing about the landscaping fabric is that it doesn't block the sunlight. And I, I know this because I've, I, I used to use it to uh, get seedlings started. I put little strips of it over where I planted the seedlings to make the ground hotter because it's black. Mm. And the seeds would grow and push it up. Like you could tell the seeds germinated because there was a hump. Yeah. Because the lights, it's perforated, so the light still gets through it. And the water gets through it and everything gets through it. So the, the seed or the sprout or whatever it is, it can get through. If you put something like cardboard down, it blocks out all the light. Yeah. So the plant doesn't know which direction to go in other than what gravity is telling it. Mm. And it cuts out all the oxygen and it's impenetrable. The, the plant just cannot because it's been it's a woven fibrous material. The plant can't cannot get through it, and in about a year or two, it'll it'll break down. It won't break down, and I can tell you from my, from my garden, it will not break down in one year. It takes about two years for cardboard, unless you've got really ideal conditions. I'm sure there's variability there, but it will not break down. So, if you're breaking new ground, you're putting a new garden in, and you're building up a little bit, then that works. Okay. If you've got another situation where you've got some soil and you know it's inundated with weed seeds and you want to put a garden in it, what you can do is before you plant anything, you just take that and before you've put your mulch down, you cover that entire surface of the soil with about three layers of newspaper or 
if newspaper's a bit of a pain, and it can be if it's windy, and this is Nova Scotia, so mm. it's always windy, you can go to the hardware store and buy these underlay rolls. If you go to where they keep the carpet supplies, yeah, these big rolls of brown paper. Yeah. And it has about the thickness of four newspaper. You know, it's right. heavier than brown paper bag paper. Right. Probably three times as heavy as that. Yeah. Anyway, it's heavy enough to keep any weed seed from germinating and getting through. Mm-hmm. So you, you lay that all down and you put your mulch over that. And then when you want to plant, you just move the mulch back and you, you know, just sort of cut cut a strip. Or It's ideal if you've got transplants and just poke a little hole and jam the transplant in there. Right. But even if you're putting seeds in, you just sort of cut a, a strip and put the seeds in that strip and put a bit of soil over that. And then once the plants are up, you move the mulch back. It's great because it, it accelerates the seeds breaking down. The seeds will – all those weed seeds will germinate. They're going to hit that. They're going to have nowhere to go. They're not going to have any light. They're going to germinate because there's heat. Seeds mm. germinate, generally mm-hmm. speaking, because there's heat, not light. Right. But then as soon as they crack out of their shells, they go up and they're looking for light. If mm. they don't get it – They'll die. They just don't have the energy to, to you know, they, they, that lights, they need that light to, to right, live. Right. Um, so that's a great way to hand, handle weeds, and that's how I do it. You just put that paper down, you put the mulch over it, and you're getting your weeds to work for you. Yeah. All those weed seeds, which are a huge problem, are now going to be fertilizer. Hmm. And another thing you can do, um, so the underlaid rolls is good, and of course, as as a spoke about before for weed control you can't beat a mulch because the weed seeds land on it and they really mm-hmm. don't tend to germinate right but also a thing a thing you can do with weeds is everybody hates weeds but they're really not you can see them as a solution to a problem or even a kind of helper they're, they're growing in places nothing wants to grow they're gathering nutrients from places where you're not going to get those nutrients right and they're doing all that for you. If you've got well-mulched soil, the weeds are going to be easy to pull out because the soil is going to be soft. Mm-hmm. And what you can do is, let, let's say you spend, in about 15 minutes if I'm weeding, there's always weeds somewhere. You know, I have a large garden. I can, on a typical, once a week I might go out and say, okay, I'll do a bit of, you know, let's see what weeds are around. I might fill a, a small bucket, let's say a gallon of weeds. It's not yeah. a lot of weeds. Yeah. You take those weeds and uh, you dump that into a larger bucket and fill that up with water and leave it overnight or even leave it a couple of days and you know everything that was mm. in those weeds and all that sort of stuff it's going to break down a bit it's going to make a fertilizer mm. as long as there's no flower uh, flowers on as long as it hasn't right. flowered and then you just you just take that you run it through a strainer strainer you, you throw the sort of weeds on your your compost heap and then you pour that water where you want you'll notice the water will be like a green brown color mm. I mean, Interesting. it goes from being clear to greeny brown. Yeah, that means there's stuff in there. Stuff in there. It's going to help your plants. Huh. So, I mean, your weeds are you're, you're just gathering fertilizer. You could drive to the store and buy fertilizer. You yeah. just haul a few weeds up, make put your in own. some water, and make your own fertilizer. The, the weeds are like hey, trying to help you. Hmm. you know? That's the most zen way I can uh, yeah. put it. <clears throat> so, and that's. You know, really, that's a good example of, of how to go about doing permaculture. It's, mm. it's about constantly reflecting on what you're doing, being aware of what's happening around you, and trying to turn your problems into solutions. Yeah. You might not get there, and it might take years. Look, mm. I'm 44, and I'm still figuring some of these things out. Yeah. Uh, but it's And it's great because you, you get back in touch with your own – instead of just being a consumer, yeah. uh, 
you get back into get back in touch with your own creativity, your own ingeniousness. That's one more thing I wanted to leave people with today is there's a notion that some people have a green thumb and some people don't. Yeah. And I don't subscribe to that. Human beings have been around a long time and the only reason we're successful as a species on the scale that we've been successful with the exception of fire is our ability to do agriculture. Agriculture predates civilization. I mean, civilization kind of resulted from agriculture. You didn't have to, you know, the food became more, more readily available and then people could sort of sit around and come up with systems of writing and so on, right. like systems of government. But it had to start with reliable sources of food. Human beings have a natural ability to find a way to get things to grow in the soil. Uh, I, th I think what separates gardeners from people that don't garden is they don't get, it's almost like fishing. Uh, Dave, you fish. I do. And I would say, I would predict that you spend more time, when you're fishing, you spend more time not catching fish than you do catching fish. That would probably be accurate. Yes. That's, I, I, don't, I don't care. How, how good you are. Yeah. How good you are. Most of the time when you're fishing, you're failing. Yes. And you, you, you succeed sometimes. Right. You might have a whole trip where you catch nothing. Yep. But you have a trip where you catch nothing. You don't go home and say, well, I must be a, not be a natural fisherman. Right. No, it's the exact opposite. You behave like a problem gambler. Mm -hmm. It's, well, it must be because I didn't. Right. I didn't have the right lure. I didn't. Uh, wasn't wearing my lucky socks. Yeah. Wasn't the right spot. Wasn't the right spot. Next time when I go back, I've got this whole new harebrained strategy. Yeah. It's kind of great. And then yeah. you go and it doesn't do anything. <laughs> and then you go home and you come up with some new harebrained strategy. Right. Right. You know? And you, you'll never blame your innate ability to fish right. on the fact that you're not catching fish. It's always going to be something else. Yeah. And it's the same thing with a gardener. It's about just being persistent. Well, if it didn't work, then I need better soil or maybe that thing doesn't want to grow in that location or whatever. Human yeah. beings are natural terraformers. If you put a child on the ground, they, they get their hands on the ground. They start moving things around. It's in, it's in all of us. It's just a question of yeah. you know, wanting to try. And not being bothered by failure. I fail every year with a number of things in my garden. It's, it's going to happen. That's when you learn. Yeah, that's how you learn anything in life. Yeah. 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 So. Cool. No, I think that was, uh, that was great. There were lots of, uh, lots of neat little tidbits and tips in there. And, and um, so that's great. That, that definitely wraps this episode up. If you want to catch the show notes review what was discussed here. We'll have everything listed in point form and you can find that at maritimegardening.com slash 004. So, uh, cool. All right, Greg. Well, thanks for uh, connecting up and doing another episode. Thank you for listening. All right, everybody take care. We'll see you on the next one. Bye-bye.